is the Lamb. Amen. Just bump someone next to you. Tell we're going. Tell them we're going forward. I can actually tell you to elbow somebody. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. My, my. Let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse number 14. Again, to our guests, we welcome you. We're so thankful that you have taking the time to come to the house of the Lord. And it is so exciting to see everybody, isn't it? Just look around. It's just so good to see everybody. We're glad you're all here. You came out of your caves and touched the grass out your front door to make sure it wasn't a big lion out there to eat you. Got yourself in the car, drove to the house of God. And, and, and you're still alive, I tell you. It's amazing. It's amazing. We are also appreciative to all of you for being willing to do the few things that we do ask during this time of COVID, um, this pandemic that we're going through. It's getting better. Thank God. Somebody say, thank God. Amen. You didn't sound like you believed that. Say, thank God. Trying to, break, trying to break fear, just trying to break a little fear. And things are definitely getting better. Better numbers are going down, especially the death rate is going down. That is, so, that is so awesome. God has helped us as a nation, as a world, uh, to conquer this thing. And, and we know that uh, the Lord uses uh, these things uh, for his purpose, will, and way. And to bring an awareness of how frail we are. And that uh, today we're here, tomorrow we're gone. And the word says, as the flower fadeth, the grass fadeth, so is our lives, as a vapor that passeth by. And God uh, has a way of bringing that back to our uh, memory and understanding of how important it is that we stay close to him. But thank you for wearing masks. Thank you for sanitizing your hands with the different dispensers that are in place. Letting us check your temperature. We know you're hot, but just want to see how hot you are. And just uh, so that everyone can feel comfortable. Amen? We want everybody to feel comfortable in coming. 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse number 14. The word of the Lord says, And thou shalt not only, while yet I live, show me the kindness of the Lord that I die not. This is... Jonathan speaking uh, to David before he was king, after he was anointed, but before he was uh, actually made king by the people. Verse 15, but also thou shalt not cut off. So Jonathan said, not only will you anoint me, but you will remember my children. But also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David Everyone from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require at the hand of David's enemies. And Jonathan calls David to swear again because he loved him. 
for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Everyone say, Jonathan loved David. 1 Samuel 23 and verse number 17. And he said unto him, fear not. Again, this is Jonathan speaking to David. Fear not, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find thee. And thou shalt be king over Israel. And I shall be next. Now look at the words of Jonathan. And I shall be next unto thee and that also Saul my father knoweth my father knows you are going to be king and David I love you and I am going to be next to you when you are king 1 Samuel 31 verses 1 and 2 and then by the help of the Lord, we'll minister. Now the Philistines had fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down and slain in Mount Gilboa. The Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons, and the Philistines slew Jonathan. They slew Abinadad and Malchishah, the son of Saul. I want to, you can be seated. Everyone say, Lord, anoint the preacher, anoint my mind to hear the word. Change me today. Amen. I want to talk to us today on a subject that I'm calling In Love with David, but Loyal to Saul. I want you to hear what the Spirit wants to say to us today. Because I am here to tell you, as your pastor, we are living in the last days. What we have seen for the last seven months is the tip of the iceberg of what is, a, what is coming to this world. I don't say that to put fear in my heart or your heart. We have nothing to fear. If we are trusting God and it's our time to go, we will go. If we are trusting God and it's our time to stay and be a witness and a powerhouse for the kingdom of God, there's not a pestilence, a disease, an enemy, a government. Nothing can take us out. I wish somebody would act like you believe that. Hallelujah. 
But I want to tell you that God is looking down on the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. He is looking at you and I. And He is wanting to know, are we willing, are we ready? Are we truly sold out to the kingdom of God? Listen, there is nobody in this building that will not say with your lips and your heart... I love Jesus. Let me hear you. Say it again. The Lord knows that. You tell him that every day. You pray every night. You come to the house of God. You're faithful. You tell him, I love you. I love you. I love you. The problem is we're in love with the spirit, but we're too loyal to the flesh. And we can get away with it for a while, but there's going to come a time it's going to catch you on the wrong mountain at the wrong time. Oh, you better hear the preacher today. Because God is trying to get his church ready for what is coming. I'm not worried about the pestilences. I'm not worried about the earthquakes. I'm not worried about the volcanoes. I'm worried about the harvest. God says, get your eyes off all these other things. I'm going to take care of that. The Lord said to his disciples, lift up your eyes and behold the harvest. That's what God is concerned about with you and I today. Are we, are we are our eyes on the harvest? Are we concerned about the end time reaping? Are we making ourselves available to the kingdom of God in the last days? Oh God, we love you, but we're so stinking loyal to the flesh that you cannot use us. Jonathan was powerful in the kingdom of Saul. Powerful. 1 Samuel 13 and 2, the Bible says that Saul chose 3,000 men and 2,000 went with Saul. And the other 1,000 went with Jonathan. He was one of the main powerhouses in the kingdom of Saul. And sometimes we, you and I, listen, we may have to make great sacrifices in order to serve the kingdom of God. I don't know where you came from in the kingdom of the world. You might have been a, a corporate manager of some. Uh, maybe you're an entrepreneur and, and who knows? I, I don't know. Maybe you were uh, into sports and, and had talent and ability and had a future. But when it comes time to serving God, you've got to be willing to cut those things You cannot just say, I love you, David, but stay loyal to Saul. God is not interested in our abilities and talents that profit the world or benefit humanity. He is interested in our abilities and talents that he gave us that will profit the kingdom of God, bless the kingdom of God, work the kingdom of God. Oh, I wish I had a church here today. Somebody shout, I love Jesus. 
Jonathan was powerful in the kingdom of Saul. He was successful. Jonathan in 1 Samuel 13 and 3. And Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistine that was in Gibeah. And the Philistines heard and saw blew his trumpet throughout all the land. And saying, let the Hebrews hear. Jonathan was successful in the kingdom of Saul. There was power there. Success there. There was prestige there. There was anointing there uh, from, from man, not from God. Uh, abilities and talents and all of these things going on. And there were pleasures there. Hebrews tells us, by faith, Moses, when he'd come to the years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions of the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We are not dealing with an ignorant God. God understands what the world has to offer. We might sing that song, you know, the world's got nothing to offer me. Actually, the world's got a lot to offer you. Your flesh, you're mortal, you're human. You have lust and desires and wants and ambitions. And the world's got a lot to offer you. Some of you are sitting on these seats today. You could have been more successful out in the world. But you gave it up because you love Jesus. And you made up your mind. I'm not going to try to love Jesus, yet be loyal to the flesh. If I'm going to love God, i got to cut some things off I gotta let some things go I've gotta use my talent ability and energy and my life source for the kingdom of God Jonathan roaming around with his dad and seeing all the wonderful great powerful things that were happening by King Saul head and shoulders above all the men of Israel the anointing of God upon him called and chosen from amongst the stuff presented to the people he led Israel with a might and power conquering the Philistines left and right but then Jonathan also began to notice some other things Jonathan was there when Saul began to mess up 1 Samuel 13 and 13 when Saul was commanded by Samuel and Samuel said to him you have done foolishly you have not commit, uh, 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 you have not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God which he commanded thee from now will the Lord have established thy kingdom forever what did Saul not do he did not utterly destroy the Amalekites he loved his God he said yes he loved him but he was so loyal to the flesh Get some Amalekites. Stay with me for a moment. Uh, and then Samuel was there again. Not only did he not destroy uh, the Amalekites, uh, but uh, uh, Jonathan saw his dad. Samuel came to Saul and said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have, and Saul said to Samuel, I have performed all that the Lord has said. And Samuel said to him, What is the bleeding of the sheep in my ears? Uh, Jonathan was there when his dad made his way to a witch. Uh, and when he couldn't 
didn't hear from God. He tried to hear from witchcraft. Jonathan would see things about his dad that wasn't just right. But he was loyal to him. But one day, a young man came from the backside of a sheep field by the name of David. There was a battle going on in a valley. All of the army of Israel, Saul and his sons, including Jonathan. Here comes a 17-year-old boy by the name of David. Makes his way up. He hears that uncircumcised Philistine. And he says, what will happen to the man that kills this dog? Jonathan standing there by his dad's saw. He's amazed by the words of this young man. This young man's brought to King Saul. Jonathan is there listening in. Saul tried to put the armor on him. David said, I haven't proved these things. I, and then Jonathan listened as David told the story. How God anointed him to kill a bear. How God anointed him to kill a lion. And he said this like the bear and the lion died. I'm going to march out into that valley and I'm going to kill the enemy of the Lord. Woo! Something got a hold of Jonathan. Oh my God, he became enthralled with this young man listening to his words. You know what I'm talking about. It was like the first time you showed up to church. You didn't even know what it was to be apostolic. You've been raised Christian all your life, but you never felt anything like this. You came into the house of God. The preacher began to preach. The choir sang. People worshiped and danced. The glory of God fell and you stood there in awe. What is this? What am I feeling? What is in my presence? And Jonathan fell in love with David. <laughs> yeah, he liked what he saw. He liked what he heard. He liked what he experienced. He watched that young man wash out into that valley and take down that giant. He said, oh my, this is amazing. What is this? It's the anointing of God, Jonathan. That's what it is. And the Bible says Jonathan fell in love with the anointing. Oh, yes, he did. Just like you. We see it all the time. They come to the house of God. Feel his presence. I coughed off. Sorry about that. They feel his presence. They feel his glory. They fall in love with it. They walk down to this altar. They lift their hands. God fills them with the power of the Holy Ghost. We begin to teach Bible studies to them. But then all of a sudden the word begins to make a division from the spirit and the flesh. And so what men find themselves doing is loving God but staying loyal to the flesh. For a little while it works. For a little while you can talk in tongues and still do some of the things that you used to do. But you got to be careful. The enemy is setting you up for failure. There's going to be a Mount Gilboa 
know there's going to be a moment in your life that while you are serving the flesh, power of hell is going to come down and it's going to destroy everything that you had ever hoped to have. I am telling the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches, we got to do more than love him. We got to serve him. We can't just love him. We must be loyal to him. That means no matter where I go, no matter what I'm doing, no matter who I'm talking to, no matter what activity is in my life, no matter where I'm working, no matter what crowd is around me, at all times I must remain loyal to my God. I can't come to the house of God and profess him and love him and talk in tongues and dance and shout and go to the job on Monday and hang around with the group, laugh at their dirty jokes, join in with their backstabbing of another employee. I can't do it. That's, that's being loyal to the flesh. I can't come to the house of God on Sunday and worship God and then go back to my home and let my eyes watch things that are ungodly. Let my ears hear things that are going to yeah, yeah, yeah. See how quiet it gets? You know why? You love Jesus but you're loyal to the flesh. Every time the Spirit says, feed me, I'm hungry, you make up an excuse not to read the Word. Every time the Spirit says, feed me, I'm hungry, you make up an excuse. You got to go somewhere. You got to do something. But the moment your flesh opens up its ugly mouth, you don't hesitate. Why? Because you're loyal. You're loyal. You still serve your flesh even though you cry out to your God. And so God says to you and I today, it's time to cut off the flesh. We must walk in the spirit that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Every one of us here today, we want to be used by God. We want God to flow through us. We want God to speak through us. We dream about it when we go to bed. We think about it at night. We think about it during the day. We say, oh God, I want you to use me. How beautiful would it be, oh Lord, if I could walk up to someone, Lord, and you just speak to me and speak through me. And I'm able to tell them what's going on in their life. And, and God, see you touch them and see you minister to them. Oh God, please, please, please. Please, please. And then you say, oh, God, use me in the gifts. I want to be able to lay hands and see people healed. I want to cast out devils. I want to discern spirits. I want to be used in tongues and interpretation like Sister Monica. Oh, God, use me, use me, use me. And you pray it and you cry it out. But the difference, and I don't mean to pick on your Sister Monica, the difference is, is that when she goes home, she killed the flesh a long time ago. She's not loyal to the flesh anymore she's not feeding the flesh but the moment we leave from the house of God we love him we praise him we adore him we dance in his presence but the moment we leave we go back to the army of Saul <laughs> I'm not preaching this to be hard or condemning at all 
I'm crying out. God's crying out to me and through me today to you and to this congregation that he is looking for a people who will not only love him, be loyal to him, and that no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, he can call you up. He don't have to worry about you being in adultery. He don't have to worry about you entertaining pornography. He don't have to worry about you listening and seeing things you shouldn't be doing. He doesn't have to worry about you acting in certain ways you shouldn't be acting. He can call on you at any time, anywhere, at any moment, and you're ready because you don't only love him. You're loyal to him. <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan was so amazed. He was, he was so blown away. The difference between David and Saul was night and day. King Saul, head and shoulders of everybody in the kingdom, was hiding behind the rocks on the top of the hill on the other side of the valley with all the other men, all the other army, the great mighty uh, men of valor to hiding and trembling from, a, from an adversary, an uncircumcised dog. And here comes David, Jonathan and saw it. He recognized the difference. And you and I if we will be honest with ourselves, we know the end of sin is death. We know that every time we get through being loyal to the flesh, it brings condemnation and we hate ourselves. But when we're in the presence of God, we've never loved him or ourselves more because of his glory. Listen, when you look at God and you look at the world there is no comparison. David, Jonathan saw, he saw that difference. And the Bible says his soul was knit to David and he fell in love with David. Like Moses, Jonathan knew the real reward was with David. It wasn't with Saul. Somehow it was revealed to him. Somehow Jonathan recognized the anointing of God upon David. Jonathan knew that he would take the place of Saul and that if you're going to have a future, Jonathan, it needs to be with David. Jonathan understood that. He said, David, the time's going to come when God's going to make you king and I'm going to stand right beside you. But that's hard to do when you're in love for Jesus but loyal to the flesh. <clears throat> always feeding it, always pruning it, always taking care of it. Oh, my precious little tiny flesh. We get so upset because we're locked in our house for a few days because of COVID. I'm not minimizing it. People have died from it. Families have been destroyed by this disease. I'm just trying to get you to understand something. It's all about the flesh. Don't you, if you will examine yourself, if you'll examine your mind, if you'll examine your heart, if we could look at every time we have ever complained, if we could write down every complaint ever in our life, it would always be about the flesh. You know why? Because 
because you're so loyal to your flesh. You pamper it. You take care of it. You watch it everywhere as it goes and everything that it does. We don't walk around complaining about the lack of the harvest. You don't hear any of us getting upset because five people aren't going to pray through today. You're not going to hear us argue and gripe and complain and be all out of sorts because the glory of God didn't fall and bring somebody out of a wheelchair and straighten his legs and heal him. No, you don't ever hear us complain about those things. We're in love with him, but we're loyal to our flesh. Is anybody hearing the preacher today? Come on, somebody help the preacher. Let's take a moment to worship God. Will you stand to your feet right now and love your God? Come on, let's stand to our feet right now. Let's love him, love him, love him, love him, love him. Come on, push through your flesh. Push through your flesh for a moment. Push through your flesh for a moment. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Jesus, I love you. I love you. I want to be loyal to you. I want to serve you. <laughs> you can be seated. <clears throat> Sorry. Not only did Jonathan know that David would be king and that his best bet would be to serve David, but there was something else Jonathan knew. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 19 and verse 1. And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill. David comes, Jonathan comes to David, and Jonathan says, David, I heard something from my father Saul. He's after you. He wants to kill you. I don't think he really means it, though. That's a later conversation. He says, I don't think he really means it. I think maybe if we work at this hard enough, we can find a way to cohabitate. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, I really don't think he wants to kill you, David. I, I think he's just upset. I think if you'll just come on back home and, and if you'll just settle down a little bit. You know, quit talking in tongues. You know, David, if you'll just sit down a little bit, quit talking about that separation thing. Quit talking about that holiness thing. And if you'll just settle down a little bit, quit talking about fasting and prayer and getting into the Word of God and praying people through and seeing the glory of God move. David, if you'll just settle down a little bit and quit acting like a king. Tame your down and I believe Saul will welcome you in and the two of you spirit and flesh y'all can cohabitate with one another we can make it work David if you'll just calm down but there was something inside of David the anointing was already on him no Jonathan I'm sorry I can never cohabitate with your father Jonathan come with me Jonathan come with me I will David I will come but give me just a moment I gotta go bury the dead give me just a moment I bought some land give me just a moment I've got other things to care for other things to take care of just give me a little bit I'm gonna go talk to my daddy I'm gonna tell him I'm gonna explain to him you're okay there's really nothing wrong with you he'll let you back in it'll be all right Jonathan makes his way back he sits at the table the the seat of David is empty
Jesse. The anointing is gone. David, Jonathan sits at the table of carnality. And his father on the other side of the table. He looks at him. Remember now, Jonathan is in love with David. And everybody around that table begins to speak against the anointing. Begin to speak against the prophetic. Begin to speak against the end time revival. Begin to speak against miracles. They begin to speak against the power glory of God and Jonathan has the guts to stand up and say and speak up and say no dad it's not what you think and Saul reached over and grabbed a javelin and threw it and barely missed his own son I've got God the Holy Ghost it's speaking to somebody here today the spirit of God and your flesh cannot go habitate The only way you're going to get the Holy Ghost at the table with Saul is if you push it. If you, if you, uh, what word does the Bible use? Don't uh, resist. Don't squilch. Quench. Yeah. Sorry, too much sound stuff in my head. Don't squilch Jesus. Let him scream. Don't quench the Spirit. The only way you're going to get him to sit at the table of your carnality is if you quench everything about him. There can be no more tongue talking. There can be no more miracle happens. There can be no more divine interpretation, divine wisdom, guided by the power, guided by the Holy Ghost. And sad to say, that's where most of us live. And that's why we don't see God flowing through us. And that's why we don't walk into the mist of darkness and the light is so bright on the inside of us that it outshines everything around us and people begin to tremble at the very presence of the power of God because we love him but we're loyal to the flesh we pamper the flesh Jonathan came to David. He said, David, I do believe my father wants to kill you. I do believe my father wants to take you out. David, I do believe this is what's going on. Chapters 19 and 20. Chapters 19 and 20. You got to go home and read it for yourself. You begin to see the struggle. With Jonathan between David, his love for David, but his loyalty for King Saul. We understand the conflict, Jonathan. I really do. You were born of the kingdom of Saul. I understand that. You're his son. It's what's familiar to you. It's what's natural. You're uncertain about what David is actually going to do. Even though in your heart you believe he's got full control and everything's going to be okay. Yet there's an uncertainty on the inside of you. And you're not 100% sure exactly. But over here in the flesh, oh, you're familiar with all of this. You can work it and manipulate it and move it and make it work for you. Do it right. But the end thereof is going to be death. The word of God says, I understand your struggle, David. I understand it. But I'm telling you right now, Jonathan, I'm telling you right now, if you'll run to David, whom you have fallen in love with, if 
you'll run to the giant killer, if you'll run to the lion killer, if you'll run to the bear killer, if you'll run to the one who sings the psalms on the backside of a sheep field under his God, if you'll cleave to him, the closer you get to David, the safer you are from Saul. I've preached this a while back, but, you know, when, when David said to Abishai and to uh, Aminadad, I believe it was, the two standing there, two great warriors in his army, he said, which one of you would come down with me into the, uh, into the pit with Saul? Saul had been surrounded by 3,000 people. It was the middle of the night. They were sound asleep. And David said, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go right there to Saul. And, and Abinadad said, man, you got to be crazy. You got to march through layer after layer after layer of warriors in order to get to that king in the center of the circles that surround him. But Abishai said, I'll go with you. Abishai had a revelation. I'm going to be safer with David in the pit of hell than I will be with Abner over over here in a church building. Abishai had a revelation wherever the anointing goes I'm going to go wherever the anointing is I'm safe wherever the flowing of the spirit is I know it's going to be okay there it doesn't matter where it leads me where it takes me what I've got to let go of how much of the flesh i got to lay down oh my God the Holy Ghost is crying out today I'm telling you the only thing that is stopping this church from incredible powerful overwhelming revival it's cordiality it's not the lack of the move of God. It's not the lack of the power of God. God is in our services. In fact, he's in these services more than he is in most churches I'll ever go visit. We are special. God has got a special anointing. We got prayer warriors, fasters, people that pray, working the gifts of the Spirit. But God is saying, I want all of my sheep. I don't want to leave anybody behind. I want all of you. I know you love me. I understand you love me I understand our hearts are near but oh y'all you're too loyal to the flesh you're pampering humanity God says come to me ye that are weary come to me come to me let's lift our hands and love the Lord for a second let's just love him hallelujah I'm going to try to bring this to an end shortly. God, I love you. I praise you. I magnify you, Lord. I magnify you, Lord. I magnify you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Help us, God. Help us. Help us, God. We love you, Jesus. Help us not to be loyal. Loyal to our flesh, God. I'm blown away by 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse number 4. Then Jonathan said unto David, Whatever thy soul desireth, I will even do it for thee. How many times? 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 Have we stood at an altar? Well, thy will, God, thy will, 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 thy will. 
Thy will, thy will, thy will, thy will. Over and over and over and over. Whatever you desire, whatever you want me to do, here I am, God. Use me, use me, use me, use me, use me. And then comes verse 42 of the same chapter. And Jonathan said to David, go in peace. No, Jonathan. Don't send David away. No. Don't go back to your father. Because you see, Jonathan, what you don't know is this is the last time you'll ever be mentioned. The next time we read your name, you're on a mountain. I don't know what happened to you and David. Somehow y'all got separated. You were in love with him. You loved everything about him. Everything that he was about the kingdom and about his God. You were so attracted to him. You wanted to be like him. You wanted to stand next to him in the throne. But something just kept drawing you back to the loyalty of your father. And you went right back to fighting the wars of the flesh instead of the wars of the spirit. You went right back to killing the enemies of humanity rather than slaying the enemies of God. Fighting along the side of a man who had forsaken, cursed, and left God and who didn't even know how to obey the God that had made him king. He's the man that you have been following. And now, Jonathan, here we are. We see you. You're up on a mountain called Gilboa. There you are. And the word of the Lord says you died with your father. You died with the one that you were loyal to rather than the one that you loved. You see, you and I, we need to examine ourselves. We need to look into our hearts and we need to look into our minds. And we need to figure out in our life why it is that we come to this altar and we get on our knees in our home or wherever it may be. And over and over we weep, we talk in tongues, we pray to God, we pour our hearts out to Him. We love Him with all of our might and all of our strength. But yet we find ourselves still being loyal to the flesh. We must get real with ourselves and ask ourselves some real questions and say, what is it that I need to cut off what is it that I need us it might be a co-worker it might be a job it might be family he said there can be nothing in your life that you love more than me it can't be mom dad sister brother job home it can't be finances it can't be anything and you and I we must examine ourselves and find out what is it that keeps dragging us back to be loyal to our flesh oh come on come on you got a breakthrough Come on, you got to break through. Come on, come on. God's spirit is here. His glory is here. You ought to be calling out to him right now. You ought to be weeping before him. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Help me, Father. Help me, Father. Help me, Father. Help me, Father. Let's stand. Music, if you'll come. Paul understood the battle. He said, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me. How to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do I do not. But evil which I would not do that I do. Paul the apostle said, I love him. 
but I find myself being drawn to the loyalty of the flesh. Oh, saints of God, I cry to you today. The Spirit cries to us today. Paul said, I delight in the law after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. See, there's something that you and I must come to grips with. Are you ready? We must come to grips with this. Your, when I say flesh, I mean your carnality. <clears throat> Our carnality hates God. Our flesh wants to kill David. They will never cohabitate. Whichever one we feed the most will be the one that rules. Peter said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers, pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. War against the soul. Oh God, give us revelation today. Help us see. We love you. We want to stand beside you in your kingdom. We want to be like James and John. One of us be on the right, one of the want to be in your kingdom we want to stand beside you we love you we love you why are you on that mountain Jonathan why are you on that mountain why are you in that battle with your father you should be with David you have a covenant with him you made a covenant with him. You gave your life to him. He filled you with his spirit. He baptized you in his name. Why are you on that mountain, Jonathan? Lust at war against the soul. Flesh and spirit will never be friends. We'll never dwell together. They will never have the same goal or the purpose. One will always seek self-gratification while the other seeks to please God. Paul tells us in Romans 8 and 6, and I close. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He was writing this scriptures to Christians. Not the loss. People who love God gave their life to him. And Paul said, but if you stay carnally minded, you will die. Jonathan, 
you stay loyal Saul you will die with him no matter how much you love David I wish COVID wasn't here I wish all of you were in the altar but I know you can make where you're at a place of prayer we have to mortify the deeds of our flesh the word says for if we live after the flesh we shall die but if through the spirit mortify the deeds of the body <laughs> we've been adopted we are the sons of God Jonathan when you made a covenant with David you no longer even belong to Saul he wasn't even your king anymore David was your king he may not have been placed on the throne yet but he was your king Every eye closed, every mind on God. The real thrust of this message today is that there's a harvest coming. It's here. And God needs every one of us on board. can't have you pampering the flesh being loyal to your lust and your wants and your pleasures in a greater fashion than what you are being in to God in fact the divine way the divine method of the pleasures of the flesh is that we completely sell out to Christ and God said I will add these things to you I will give these things to you. But he said, my gifts, they have no sorrow in them. When I bless you, they'll bring no sorrow. See, he doesn't mind you having pleasures in the flesh. He wants to be the one to give them to you. Because he knows how. He knows how. He's calling to the sanctuary, to Palm Beaches. I need you. You tell me that you love me. You come before me time after time after time again. And you tell me how much you love me. But every time I need you, every time I go to use you, there you are. You're over on that mountain.
Come on, let's lift our hands right now. Every man, every woman, every son, every daughter, every child. Come on. Come on, talk to the Lord. You know he's talking to us. You know he's talking to us. Come on, let him minister to you. Don't fight this. Come on, Jonathan, don't fight this. Come on. Come on, love him. Come on. Make that covenant. Make that covenant with the Spirit. Make that covenant with the Spirit. Come on, that's it. Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your might. Love him with all your spirit. Oh, God, we love you. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. We're going to be loyal to you, Lord. We're going to follow after you. We're going to follow after the things of God. We're going to follow after the things of God. Oh, oh God, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Come on, come on, Tabernacle, come on, come on, Sanctuary, come on, come on, praise him, come on, praise him. Oh, let's love him, let's love him, let's love him. Let's love him. Let's love him. Come on. You got to break through that old flesh. You got to break through it. It's not going to want to let go. It's not going to want to let go. Come on. It's not going to want to let go. It, won't, it wants to kill the spirit that's in you. Yes, it does. That old flesh wants to kill the spirit that's in you. It wants to drive it out. Come on. Come on. You got to shove it back. You got to speak in tongues. Push that old flesh back. Come on. Everybody ought to be talking in tongues right now. I know we don't do that very often. But come on. This is that moment. We got to pray in the spirit. We got to walk in the spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I call on him, 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 I call on him. Oh God, oh Jesus, I cleave to you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, I can feel in the Holy Ghost. God's reaching for someone right now. Push through. If you've never been filled with God's Spirit, reach for Him right now. Love Him. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. He'll speak out of you with His glory. Come on, let God touch you. Let God minister. Let God flow through you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Oh, God. We push through our flesh. We push through our tired bodies. We push through our fears. Oh, Lord, we call upon you. We dedicate ourselves to you, Lord. We give our heart, our mind, our spirits to you, oh, God. We travail before you, Lord. We travail before you, Lord. We love and bless thy name. 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 Everyone say, Lord, I love you. Say, flesh. 
you're going to die. Say, flesh, I'm going to crucify you. I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm not going to fulfill your lust anymore. Come on. I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm not going to fulfill your lust anymore. <laughs> I'm not pampering you anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not giving you flesh anything that you ask for. I'm not yielding to you anymore. Woo. My, my. You, you know what will happen? You know what will happen if we truly crucify the flesh? We start pampering the flesh. We're going to go, what do I have? What am I going to do with all this time? Oh, I can teach a Bible study. I can call, call my neighbor, my friend. I can, I can pray. I can pray with them. I can, I can start a connect group. I can, I can start a Zoom group with my friends. And we can just start studying the Word of God. Don't you love Him? Don't you love Him? I love you, Jesus. I'm done. Pastor went to a conference this week called Wins Conference. It's powerful. We're going to make those CDs available. Is Luce here? Is your sister here? She's not here. Luce's sister got the Holy Ghost, I think, the first or second night we were there. And Luce got it the following night. Oh, he's at that conference. Everybody say revival. Say revival. Now listen to Pastor. We have church Wednesday night right here. 7 o'clock. You ain't got nothing to do. Come be in the house of the Lord. We're done by 8, 8, 15. Listen to Pastor. Next Sunday, COVID or no COVID, you bring someone to the house of God. It's time to start praying people through to these altars. We got to get over this stuff. We're going to be all right. Pastor's not being crazy. You're going to wear your mask, wash your hands, all that stuff. But we got to start praying some people through. Seeing the, we need to start bringing people to the house of God. Can I hear an amen? amen? Wrap them up in cellophane if they feel uncomfortable. You know, wrap everything up, but bring them. I love you. God bless you. Go love God. Quit being loyal to the flesh. You're dismissed.